According to Tom Rainer, 6% of churches in America are effective in evangelism. Let's change the statistic. Welcome to GoCast, a podcast designed to inspire and equip pastors and leaders to lead soul-winning churches. We have a mission to go and make disciples. This is GoCast. Hey everyone, welcome to GoCast. I'm your host, Kelly Stickle, and I'm joined by my friend and co-host, Tim Tribble. How are you doing today, Tim? I'm doing well, Kelly. Thanks. Awesome. All right. We're going to have some fun. Uh, let me, <laughs> let me uh, ask you, what's your favorite Christianese saying? Because we, oh, we do have a language goodness. of our own as Christians, don't we? We, we call do. it Christianese. We have our own saying. So tell me what your favorite is. I, I, I end up tripping over these things all the time and I kick myself for them. But my, the one that gets me the most is, is soak. We're just going to sit here and soak for a bit. And when I think of like, it happens mostly at conferences when they want to do that. And, I, and <laughs> yeah. the last men's conference I went to, I was sitting there soaking in the hot tub with all these hairy men. And I'm just like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm not soaking anymore. I'm done. No, no more soaking. No. Yeah. What well, did it? Yeah. Anyway, we'll just leave it at that. Uh, I love hedge of protection. We, <laughs> that one's, that one's Tim Hawkins made a good uh, saying around all that, had a good, explained it. And it's like, yeah, why do we pray these things? Why do we say these things? There's so many little sayings. Brady Shear had a great uh, uh, blog out there yes, uh, about six post. weeks ago about the top seven Christianese <laughs> sayings. And, you, you know, actually as he's writing, you know, as he's writing it out and I'm reading it, I'm going, oh man, there's a number of those that I, I was say like, that. I say that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh no. Uh, but we do have our own language. And today on the podcast, uh, I'm joined by my good friend, Pastor Danny Schultz from Spokane, Washington. He's the lead pastor of Sun City. They planted that church in January right. 2015. And he goes into the conversation about the language that they use. And he's very, very intentional about the language they use right. in their services. And he says, I love this phrase, he says, go over time in explaining. Mm. So he says, make sure that you explain everything. Don't just assume that everybody in the church knows what the word apostle means, for instance. Go over time explaining uh, what it is and making it crystal clear. It's a fascinating conversation. He goes on to a whole lot more about why they planted in Spokane uh, and, and some of the things that they do intentionally in their yeah. service to reach the lost, and uh, they're having great success. So let's go now to my conversation with Pastor Danny Schultz of Sun City Church in Spokane, Washington. Well, hey, Danny, welcome to GoCast. It's so great to have you on the program, my friend. Well, it's so great to be here with you, Kelly. I can't, can't wait to discuss it and dig into all this. Yeah, so tell, tell us a little bit about yourself, your ministry journey, how you guys got started in, in ministry. Yeah, well, I... Um... I grew up in church, kind of going to a very conservative mainline church Yeah, and uh, came to Christ actually in another youth ministry. So I attended church for a long time, not a believer, and right. buddy invited me to come to his church. And really the first time that I ever was around passionate Christians and um, changed my whole world. Wow. So while I was even growing up in the local church, there was still a journey for me in coming to faith in Christ. Uh, but it was really during my college years and getting involved in a local church intern program and Bible school that I really awoke this desire inside of me. I really feel like maybe this is something that I'm supposed to be involved in. And, wow, cool. Uh, went to school and then spent, spent several years just volunteering in youth ministry and worship ministry and serving in any way I could. Yeah. And uh, eventually invited on staff uh, in a church in Nampa, Idaho. Yeah, and uh, served there for eight years uh, as the youth pastor, worship pastor, prior to planting Sun City. So that's our 
a little bit about my journey there. Right. So you planted Sun City in January 2015. That's right. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, you, yeah, you, you guys moved into Spokane, planted Sun City Church. Tell us a little bit about that journey and, and about Sun City. Man, it's been, it's been so much fun. Um, we, we came into our job previous in, in Idaho with this sense that someday that God would call us to be church planters. Yeah. And so even in the interviews um, with our pastor, just said, hey, we really believe someday we're supposed to go be lead pastor somewhere maybe take a church or maybe plant a church. We don't really know. And um, so after eight years serving as youth pastors and worship pastors, then it became just increasingly clear. This is what we're supposed to do. That's cool. And we really just started to have this burden to build a church that would appeal not only to Christians, but really to non-Christians. I just wanted to have a church that non-Christians would love to attend. That's awesome. Um, be a place that would really reach people every single week. Uh, I wouldn't say that that had really been the case at the church we were at. So God started to stir something in my heart just that was a little bit different. And um, during that season, we went through several different trainings, read as many different books as we could, but ended up getting connected with the church planting organization called ARC. Yeah. Made, made our way back to Birmingham and attended Church of the Highlands for the first time and then went through their training. And man, it was incredible. They do just such a great job yes. training young church planners to reach their cities. So uh, got connected with ARC, launched with ARC. We moved to Spokane in the summer of 2014 to build our launch team, launched in 2015 uh, in January and uh, kicked it off first Sunday. We had 405 people. Wow. We settled, we settled around 175 and then since then we've grown to be about 700 now. So That is awesome. So what was it about Spokane, what was about Spokane in particular that attracted you? What, what did you, what did you see there? What, why does, why the call to Spokane? Yeah, it's such a great question. Everybody asks that too. Um, we really loved living in Boise. Yeah. We were looking for a similar type of community. Um, I, I, I really just had this heart for kind of that mid-sized city, a little bit smaller than your huge metroplexes. It still kind of had that small town feel, but there was a bunch of gospel need. And as we, as we visited Spokane, there was just so much challenge, like homelessness is rampant and drug abuse is out of control and yeah, tons of poverty. And, you know, my thought was I'm going to sow my life into a city for the rest of my life. Might as well go somewhere that really needs the gospel. Um, only 18% of Spokane ever attends church. Wow. So it, it was one of those things like this has a huge, a huge need and we're going to give our life somewhere. Let's go somewhere where there's a big need. I love that. I love, you know, looking at a city and saying, hey, this is, this is a need for, and everybody asks us when you go in as a new church planter, in it, right? I'm sure you got asked that. Why does, why does Spokane need another church? Well, yeah. I mean, you just answered the question too, right? Because there's, uh, hey, <laughs> there's, there's uh, 82% of the city doesn't attend church. So we, we don't yeah. have enough churches. That's, that's, the, that's the pond we're fishing in. I love that. Exactly right. So, I mean, you planted, I mean, the, the heart of planting a church was to be out, outside focused, to be able to reach uh, the outsider. So, I mean, tell us why, I mean, the natural drift, and this is, this is Andy Stanley said this, I've heard this quoted uh, many times, but the natural drift of the local church is, is really to become insider focused. And I'm sure you fight that drift. I mean, you guys are four years into, to a church plant. Uh, why are you so intentional about being outsider focused? You know, I just love, love the, the question. Um, we said from day one, and this was a, a phrase we used all the time with our launch team, and we still use this all the time, that 
left to themselves, people always tend to make it about themselves. Right. Without clear leadership going, keep our eyes out, then everyone, the drift is to keep their eyes in. Yeah. And um, so like even our, our name, Sun City Church, people ask us about that. Like, are you from Arizona or what's the deal? And um, Sun City, we named our church Sun City Church because the meaning of the name Spokane uh, yeah. comes from this Native American Indian tribe that was originally here and still is here. Uh, but the name Spokane means the children of the sun. Mm. So we named our church Sun City Church. So all of our people would always remember we exist for Spokane. Like so good. We exist to serve and love and reach the people of Spokane. We don't exist for ourselves. In fact, our number one core value at Sun City is outward focus. Like awesome. Keep our eyes out in the city that we're called to serve and love and reach. And uh, what I've found is in church, those that are outside of the organization are unrepresented. Right. Those inside the organization are very loudly represented. Right. So if we focus out, we have a chance of thinking about them and designing our services for them and considering them with our language and our outreach. If we focus in, we have no shot. <laughs> if we focus out, like both people get heard. If we focus in, only the insiders get heard. So that's so good. I, I imagine, I mean, the churches that you grew up in, I mean, you grew up in church and in conservative churches, you said, I, I imagine the services that you're doing now look a, a little bit different. So walk us through how does an outward focused church service look like and how does it differ from, from maybe what you grew up with? Yeah. I mean, I grew up in a pretty old school mainline denominational context. So the music was very irrelevant to me, uh, organs and you know, maybe just piano player or whatever. I grew up in the same stuff, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the preacher would preach about stuff that just wasn't, didn't hit home for me. Nothing seemed very intentional or serious. So, right. Um, so, yeah, like I would say at Sun City, it's, um, you know, it's similar to a lot of churches today that are reaching unchurched people. The, the music feels very, relevant and similar to what you might hear on the radio. It's something people enjoy. Yeah. Um, and then the, the preaching is, it's going to be about things that matter to people on Monday. Yeah. Um, we're not only instructing them on biblical meaning, but we're actually tackling topics that are relevant to their life. Let's talk about things that people wake up and think about the rest of their week and how can we help them with that. So. Well, and that's, I mean, that's really the purpose of the Bible in and of itself, right? It's to be a roadmap for, for life. I mean, so it's, it's, uh, it's not about it being theologically correct. It's about living life, you know, and connecting with Jesus and living life, you know, God's way as opposed to our way. So, I mean, there's so much material in there to be able to do that. So yeah. I love that. I mean, but your language would be different. You know, I mean, you're, I mean, you're, you're going to, you're not compromising, but you're saying things, maybe explaining things a little bit more, but your language is going to be different too. Yeah. You know, I, I think the biggest thing is explaining. Like we're just, we're, we're going over time to explain everything. Anytime we do a water baptism, we've put together an explanation video that explains, hey, here's what's about to happen. Here's what you're witnessing. Here's how you can celebrate with this person. Or, wow. you know, if I am referencing First Corinthians, I basically always start with, this was written by a church planter named Paul in the yeah. New Testament. He started churches. He's writing to this specific church. So I like, you know, it only takes about five seconds 
Yeah. It gives some context and explanation instead of just throwing out words like apostle or whatever. Like they don't know what that is, an unchurched person. Most of Spokane has no idea what the term apostle means. Yeah. You, have to, you can't just say Apostle Paul. You have to like wrap it. Always help put it in terms that they understand. Um, and then you can, you can use the term apostle if you explain it. Um, and that's what we found to be just the most helpful. If you bring people along in their understanding, they'll stick with you and listen. And God does amazing things. And it's amazing when you do that too, how many Christians are, oh, they're like, oh, we just under, we, we get that now. We didn't quite get that. We hadn't been told that. I think yeah, there's a yeah. lot of assumptions that preachers make, right? As to that everybody's on the same page that went through the same Bible school classes they did. But, but I, I love that. I mean, and it's also good, you know, uh, Andy Stanley says this as well, but I love what you referenced. And I think this is so important in preaching. Instead of saying the Bible says, saying, hey, Paul, a church planter, wrote this to the church in, in Corinth, which is, you know, and begin to explain a little bit of context in that it gives it, today's society, the, they don't hold the same weight for the Bible, especially the unchurched, as, as maybe society did 50 years ago. But but giving you know giving a history lesson on what that is all of a sudden they're going oh okay now now I can put it into context and I can understand that a little bit better. That's so good. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I love that. And explaining why I love the idea of the baptism you know video explaining what's about to happen. Uh, you do that with worship too, or or have some sort of explanation about what worship is and what what we're about to do. Or yeah, like one of the things that our people love is every Sunday. We open with an opening song, and uh, and then Jamie and I, my wife and I, we we get up on stage and we just welcome people, and then we walk them through. Hey, here's what you're you're gonna experience. Here's who we are. Yeah, I'm Danny. This is my wife, Jamie. We're lead pastors. We're so glad you're here. And then here's what's gonna happen. And then she goes into a little explanation of worship. Yeah, we're gonna see. Here's why we lift our hands. Here's why we clap. Here's why you might even see a little dancing. Like here's we're excited about the resurrection. This is a celebration. You know, like we're we're bringing context into what we're doing. That's so good. We're giving permission that are new, for people that are new. You know, if you're new here, you know, just sit back and enjoy it. You know, if you've been coming a while, let's lift our voices, let's sing. But there's an explanation of, hey, here's how long you're going to be here. I think a lot of unchurched people, they wonder how long church is going to be. Well, we do that when we go to graduations or, you know, or weddings or anything. We're looking at the, the you know, the pamphlet or the brochure and saying, how long are we going to be here? What's this going to, what's going to happen? And so that's a great, that's a great way to do that and, and tell them up front, hey, you're going to be here this long. This is what's going to happen in this service. And this is what we're about to do now and why. If you build that mental map for people, what it does is it calms them down. Right. And for unchurched people, they enter into our worship services full of anxiety, wondering if they're going to face judgment. There's all kinds of questions in their mind. Am I going to have to sing something I don't know about? Or am I going to fit in? Do people like me? So the more that we can create this, here's what to expect, the more that they'll calm down and be able to actually receive the gospel, which is the whole point. That's so good. So talk, talk us through the, the offering portion, right? So how do you, what kind of language do you use with, with unchurched people? What, I mean, tithes and offerings, I mean, these are Christian languages. How, how do you explain that part to, to the unchurched? Yeah. So anytime we use the word tithe, we're always explaining that's just simply a mathematical term. It means 10%. And it is what we see in scripture that God's asking for. But if you want to get started somewhere, we're just asking to begin your giving this way. Um, and for us, we typically say something along the lines of, if you're new here with us, don't feel under any pressure or obligation to give. But this is the way that those of us who've decided to make Sun City Church our home, and we're a 
we're a part of this family. We're going to worship God with our giving. We love it. This, yeah. this is a moment of praise and excitement and expression. So we try to take the pressure off them and then just explain, here's why we do what we do. And then every week, what we do is we actually put together a probably two minute video yeah. that shows where their generosity is making a difference in our city or in our church. Oh, that's good. So maybe it's, you know, providing backpacks for a local elementary school, or maybe it's something that took place at the youth summer camp, or maybe, um, I mean, there's refugees or whatever it is. We've, we're, uh, we're pretty outward focused. And so there's lots of ministry taking place outside of the walls of the church. And every week we're showing them how their giving is impacting the community. And uh, that does a lot of the preaching for us, honestly. That's awesome. Yeah. That's a great idea. Uh, and so talk to us about some of those ministries you're doing outside of the church. I mean, you're, you're ministering to needs, it sounds like, in the community. And you're not just asking the, you know, the community to come to your church. You're taking the church to the community. Talk to us a little bit about that. Yeah, man, Spokane, which I, it's true everywhere, but Spokane does feel like it even has its extra dose of challenges and poverty. Mm. So homelessness is, is huge for us. There's, um, we have lots of homeless people that attend Sun City, but more than that, there's just tons in the community. So we're, we're partnered with several ministries in town, shelters and crisis centers, and um, we do everything we can to just fill up their volunteer queues and wow. teach at their chapels and mentor and lead small groups and serve and clean and just whatever we can do to support you know, in addition to just giving financially. Um, so homelessness is a huge piece of the puzzle for us. Yeah. Um, I, I mentioned refugees. There's an organization called World Relief that helps with refugee resettlement yeah. um, across the U.S. And um, there's, a, there's a base in Spokane. And for whatever reason, Spokane actually has about two and a half times the national average of refugee resettlement. Wow. Um, I think it has to do with the political climate in Washington, but we get yeah. a ton. And, you know, these are people that come from all over the world with all kinds of different religious perspectives. And we're regularly holding baby showers or barbecues or uh, holiday parties. You just kind of imagine coming from a, a context where they have no idea why we hang lights on our homes during the right, month right. of December. Well, let's have them in and talk about Christmas and then we, we get the opportunity to share with them about Jesus. Um, so that, you know, refugees is a big piece of the puzzle. Um, I, I would say the biggest thing that we've, we've really focused on over the four and a half years we've been um, a church has really been schools. Yeah. Lo- local schools for us have been a massive place to just invest and serve mm. and reach families, um, especially elementary schools. Those have just been, it's been huge for us. That is awesome. So what kind of impact is the, that kind of outreach? What kind of impact has that had on the, on the church? Oh, it's amazing. When we started, we just invested ourselves deeply into one elementary school. And we, um, you know, we just did everything we could. We threw events for them and we did uh, academic support, grading papers and teaching kids how to read. And yeah. we safety stuff and raised funds for backpacks and supplies, like just everything we could to love this school. And over time, just started to see family after family visiting. Before we knew it, we ended up with tons of the parents on the parent-teacher organization that supports it. And the principal started to attend and the secretary. And before we knew it, like, man, our presence on this this school is just unbelievable. 
That's awesome. I, I imagine, I mean, not only are you seeing people come from the community coming in because you're helping them, but I, I imagine that's a that's a really powerful way to keep your church outsider focused when they're serving the community and they're active in the community. I mean, they're going to have a heart for the community in a whole different way. Yeah, it, it's incredible. We launched a mentor program there in the second year where I think we have between 60 and 70 people from Sun City spending a half hour a week on campus at the elementary school, just investing into at-risk youth. Wow. And you talk about an atmosphere change, you know, just that many hours of community investment at this elementary school. Um, now that's multiplied out to about 10 or 11 schools. And so it's, it's all over the community. And there's just this sense in the community, like, man, the church is really for us. We're in partnership yeah. together. So. That's that's awesome. So, I mean, you you said now the church is averaging around seven hundred in in attendance. So, how many salvations or, or baptisms do you, did you, the church have? Let's say in the last year. Yeah, that's a great question. We um, I was looking back over my my data on this. We saw about eight hundred people make decisions for Christ in the last year. Wow. Of course, many of those have gone on to different churches or different situations and uh, whatnot. But man, we we've just seen. Lots and lots of people. Um, I know our on our just our Easter service alone, we saw about 120 individuals profess faith in Christ. Just wow, in that's incredible! That exciting. That's that's incredible. So tell me about one about those people that that gave their heart to Christ, came in completely unchurched, life messed up maybe, but but came in, uh, put their hand up in a service or got saved, and 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 the transformation that you've seen in in them. Yeah, one of my favorite stories is with a, a family who's, they had never been in church in their life. The, the wife had grown up as a part of the LDS church. Okay, yeah. And, so, and then um, had participated in some stuff as a high school student where they kicked her out. So that's what she knew about church. Husband <laughs> had never been in church in his life at all. And uh, they were raising three kids and never raised them in church at all. And um, they started to attend Sun City because they... They attended the elementary, their, their kids were a part of that elementary school we right. were, were serving and reaching out to. And um, so they had a couple elementary school students and then a middle schooler. And uh, I just remember the middle school daughter, oldest daughter, came to faith in Christ first in one of our services. And then before I knew it, the, the fifth grader, she came to faith in Christ and then their, their youngest. And so all their kids are starting to come, come to Christ. And then, uh, you know, they were a part of the church for months before making that decision. But man, when they, when they chose to step across that line and put their faith in Jesus, everything changed. Wow. Dad, had, dad has all kinds of tattoos, and he was sure that we were just going to judge him and kick him out or whatever. <laughs> I remember the day he came and walked up and asked me, you know, if tattoos means he's going to hell. I was like, bro, <laughs> that's, that's ridiculous. And, he, and his eyes load up and rolls up his sleeves and showing his wow. tattoos and I remember the day that we were walking, he had started serving on our setup and teardown team. Um, this was in the days where we were mobile and setting up to have church in a school. Yeah. And he's just helping me carry in chairs and stage. And I just came up alongside him and said, Matt, I'm, I'm just so thankful for you showing up early to help. And he, he got tears in his eyes, he looked back to me and he said, I can't even believe you let me do this. Wow. I said, bro, like this is what we're all about. And wow. It was, it's just been incredible to see the transformation in their marriage and now in their family. Um, and, and just what God's done is, it's amazing. That is awesome. That's why we do what we do. I mean, the moments like that, lives change like that. That's exactly why we do what we do. When, 
Man, eight hundred salvations when your when your average attendance around seven hundred. That is remarkable in a year. So, what's been your most effective strategy as a church for for winning souls? Yeah, well, I think it's that combination of a weekend service that's designed to appeal to unchurched people, right? And when you do that, the people that are are your membership, are your churched folk. If you can get their heart in alignment that the purpose of Sunday morning is to win people to Christ. Right. And then we, we got small groups and we have teams and we have outreach. We have all kinds of other stuff that really is for us. But Sunday morning, the purpose of this gathering is to help people come to faith in Jesus. Right. And then it, like we talked about crafting the language and the message so it's understandable. And then we give a invitation every Sunday and help people with next steps every Sunday. Um, I think if you combine that that intentional weekend evangelistic service along with passionate outreach and presence in the community, uh, really for us, that would be kind of the, the two-edged sword of effectiveness when it comes to... That's really cool. So how, how do you respond to to the, the established Christian who says, okay, well, pastor, if, if the Sunday morning service is for the lost, what about me? When am I going to get fed? You know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Well, I, I have a couple thoughts. Um, I, I do try to craft messages that has something in there for believers. Right. So it isn't very common that we get people saying that because they do feel some, at some level challenged and I'm not trying to preach shallow. Um, but the bottom line is that spiritual maturity is really not about what you know. It's about what you do with what you know. That's so good. And for us, Sunday is the place where we put our faith into action by serving those that have yet to step across that line of faith. Right. And so usually the people that would complain like that, typically they're not on the team. Right. Very commonly they don't give. Uh, they're probably newer to my church and come from a different church context. They're looking for a certain style of teaching. Maybe that's so deep it confuses them or I don't know. Yeah. But like they're, they're looking for a certain thing. And uh, if they're around us very long, they understand our church is built to win souls. That's, that's why we exist. Yeah. And uh, so there's other churches that are focused on believers and just maybe trying to keep them happy. But for us, like this is why we exist. Yeah, to be a part of our team. Here's our heart and soul. I think what you said right there is is so a- absolutely incredible because we 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 have the same thing. We don't get very many complaints like that anymore. And right? when we transitioned the church, we we had some of that at the initially. But anybody who had that kind of complaint was somebody who was not involved, was not was not giving, was not active, was certainly not inviting. And a lot of them, when you challenge them to hey hey just invite somebody with you and you're going to see church in a whole different exactly. through a different lens when you have your unchurched friends sitting there you're going to understand what we're doing yeah hey getting involved and and when i've yet to see anybody who is involved and outreaching and inviting and serving and doing the outreaches like you're talking about i've yet to see any of them not grow yep they're all growing i mean that's that's what the gospel is yep yeah, I'm so with you, man. That church completely changes when your unchurched friend is sitting there next to you. Oh, so true. It, it is the most fun service you will ever have. Yeah. And you'll care about every moment. You'll care about every song. And you don't want your pastor to say stupid stuff. Like you're just so engaged and everything matters. And when, when church feels like that, man, it's fun. Yeah. It's like what it's meant to be. 
Um, so I would say if you're listening to this podcast, just get your people inviting all of the complaints will kind of fall by the wayside. That is so true. That is so true. Uh, you guys also run a leadership college. So talk to us about the program, why you took that on. That's a, that's a big endeavor. Why did you uh, take that on? Yeah, man, it's been a part of our life. Actually, ever since we went to school, uh, my life got transformed as a part of a local church leadership development program. Uh, had some college classes that went along with it. And uh, it's actually where I met my wife. Yeah. And we ended up getting married. And then we served on staff in, in these type of programs. And so in planting Sun City, it was kind of the first season of my life since college that I hadn't had one going. So we we just kicked off our our uh, our leadership college this week, in fact, with our, our live classes. That's so we awesome. We were recording this together. And um, really, it, it all... It all comes down to this idea that Sun City is a new church. We're four and a half years old, but I recognize that we're quickly becoming an old church. (laughs) We've got to plant new churches because new churches reach lost people better than old churches. It's just statistically true across all of the world. That's true. um, the, The biggest hindrance for new families coming into um, the, the kingdom and involved with church, this established feeling where they feel like they have to get past seas of relationships that have been there for years. Yeah, And uh, so we just want to be a part of planting new churches. And um, the biggest hindrance of planting new churches is never money and it's never facilities. It's always leaders. Always leaders. Yeah. If you have the right leader, then new churches can get started. And so we just want to invest deeply into leadership development in the next generation. And so we're, we're giving our time and our budget and investing deeply and and raise a new generation. And many of those were believing that God is going to tap them on the shoulder and they're going to be called to plant churches. That is so cool. So what does that look like a week to week now? You guys just, just launched it. So what does that look like? What does the college look like? Are they, they is, There's classes, but they're also internship kind of things as well? Yeah, exactly. So uh, it goes Monday through Thursday is the school portion of it. Um, there's live classes. So a couple live classes, and then they have an online uh, portion through our partnership with Southeastern universities. Yeah. All of those are accredited fully through Southeastern and they're all pursuing, um, associates and bachelor's degree. We actually have a student going for her master's. Wow. Um, so there's like live classes with us, online classes with Southeastern, and then there's, uh, practicum hours where they jump into ministry areas. So they're serving all over the church and, uh, we're doing our best to keep it out of like cleaning the church or, you know, like admin work, like we're, we're really inviting our students into leadership roles as quickly as we can, youth ministry and uh, worship stuff and kids ministry and pastoral, like everything we can to get them in places where they're really being challenged to grow in their leadership. So that's so good. I mean, that's an investment for your whole staff getting, getting a young student in there. They're coaching them. They're, they're getting them involved and it gets messy for a little while. Then it becomes extremely helpful. (laughs) Absolutely, man. Well, our whole staff's bought in. All of our staff teaches classes. All of them take on students to mentor and grow. And, and, um, it, it's definitely an investment from the staff on the front end. But if we're going to plant churches and expand with campuses, uh, it takes investing into the next generation of leaders. And so we want to start, honestly, as young as we can. That is awesome. Man, what you're doing is so incredible. I mean, four and a half years uh, planting a church and 700 people and 800 salvations in a year. It, it's absolutely incredible. And this has been such, uh, it's been such a, a great content that you've given us. Is there anything that I should have asked, but, but haven't. 
Man, I, I couldn't think of anything uh, to answer that question. I just love the heart of the podcast. And just, I think anything we can do to inspire a generation of pastors to keep our eyes focused on winning lost people, I know it just makes God so happy. Yeah. I used to think that the way that I could get closest to God was by more prayer and more worship and more Bible reading. And I'm all for that, man. We teach all of that and live all that. Yeah. That, man, I, I prayed and worshiped and read my Bible this morning. So I'm, I'm very much pro all those things. But when we planted the church, this revelation came into my heart that uh, the way to get closest to God is to align ourselves with the priority of God's heart. Right. And I know for me, if one of my kids was lost and like you called me up and were like, hey, man, want to be on my podcast? I'd be like, no, because my, my son's lost. And if mm. you want to be close to me, you better come down here to Spokane. We, you can help him find me, find my son. That's how we can get close. Yeah, absolutely. If you, if you just want me to kind of do your thing, like you're just going to have to wait. And I wonder if that's how God feels about it uh, sometimes. Like he's just waiting for us to come into alignment with his heart and what he's doing. Jesus said he came to seek and save that which is lost. Yeah. So um, I just think the whole intention of this podcast is so beautiful. Let's all come into alignment with the priority of the heart of God and winning lost people. Man, amen to that. That is so good. Man, what advice would you give to a, a pastor who's saying, man, I want that. I, I, I don't know where to start. I've I've pastored the way that I've always known how to pastor and seen pastor, but man, I want to reach the lost. Where, where do I begin? Well, I, I think what is so beautiful about this day and age is it's actually really easy to cross-pollinate and learn from all kinds of pastors all around the world. Yeah, so this good. podcast is such a great resource and it's so easy. You know, people are listening to this in their cars or while they're mowing the lawn or doing the dishes or whatever. Yeah. And, you know, even just how we're breaking down services and talking about language, like that might be affecting people. Uh, I would tell a pastor, you know, start putting yourself in some new circles of relationship. Right. Go to the conferences where the churches are growing. Listen to the podcast of people that maybe your current friends criticize, but their churches are growing. Yeah. Like step out of what seems to be normal for you and listen to some people that really are seeing amazing fruit. Um, we know this, that God, he wants to reach the lost more than we do. Yeah, it's true. So, like he, by his Holy Spirit, he wants to work through you, pastor, to reach people in your city. Yeah. Usually it's just us getting out of the way and adjusting the way that we approach church that needs to be adjusted a little bit. So I think relationships is huge. That is awesome. And I'm sure there's pastors that are, I mean, you're bearing lots of fruit and I would highly uh, recommend that pastors connect with you, uh, find you at, if they're close to Spokane or can get to Spokane, come and visit your church, watch how it's done, man, just sit there and watch it and you'll get inspired. But how, how can they connect with you online? Yeah, for sure. Well, personally, uh, I'm D.A. Schultz on Instagram, so you could DM me or we could connect that way pretty easy. Yeah. SunCityChurch.com uh, has everything about our church. Um, so those would be easy ways to do it. You could email me if you want to, if anyone still uses email out there. Danny <laughs> at SunCityChurch.com. Uh, but we, man, we just love to help in any way we can. That is awesome. Thanks so much for this, Danny. This has been really, really good. Really appreciate you giving your time, your wisdom, and man, sharing your fruit with us has been very awesome. Thanks, man. Well, hey, man, it's an honor. And I'm so glad we connected. Excited about what you're doing there. It's awesome, Kelly. Awesome. Thank you again. 
What a great conversation with Pastor Danny Schultz. So good. Uh, so much in there again. Man, these are good. Yeah. Where do we find these guys? <laughs> they are they are amazing and inspiring. And I'm glad we're doing this because I'm taking notes mm-hmm. like crazy and we're applying a lot of this stuff to our churches. We actually literally have have taken taken this conversation with Pastor Danny. We've had our team walk through um his how some of the language he uses in his welcome and all mm-hmm. the restaurant walked it through. And we've restructured some of our welcome language just off of what he does, because I just really love his intentionality in that. What was yes. your big takeaway? When he, uh, when he was mentioning uh, right at the beginning of the podcast, where he was talking about why they moved to that city. He said, I wanted to go and sow my life into a city where there was a big need. And for that, wow. just, that just spoke volumes to me because it would be easy as a pastor to be like, okay, well, I'm going to go situate my family here. There's not that big of a need. I don't have to go out every day and do anything. I'm still doing God's work. And there's a mediocrity kind of sense in that, but I don't sense that from this guy. No. At all. I love that. I mean, you find you find a, a need somewhere. It's like, right. I'm going to take on a difficult city. It needs Jesus. We're going to come in there. It's not yeah. going to be easy, but we're doing it because there is a need. Yeah. I, I love that. What a great conversation. And we've got more coming. We're excited about it. More pastors, leaders mm-hmm. coming, more interviews coming. That's going to be, it's going to be awesome. So how does somebody join the conversation and join GoCast and be a part of this at another level? Absolutely. Get onto iTunes, look up GoCast, rate, review after you've watched them, and then send them out to your friends and let's get this word out. Yeah, and join us on Instagram. We're there, GoCast underscore go, uh, podcast. You can check us out there. Also, we have a Facebook group where we love to have the conversation, keep the conversation going. Go to our website, gocast.ca. Uh, we're there as well. And next week, we have an amazing conversation mm-hmm. with our friend, Pastor Brandon Stewart. Uh, pa- Brandon runs uh, an organization called Leading Second. Yeah, so killer. he's not a senior pastor. He's not never been a lead pastor, but he's been at the same church his entire life. Yep. And he's been in the second chair and on different roles on staff. But he really dives into this whole idea of leading from that second chair mm-hmm. and how do I influence if I'm not the senior pastor? Here's a clip. If I look around at North American churches right now, um, I think it's very easy for us to get our eyes off the prize mm. on what what really matters most. Um, I see a lot of competition. Um, I see a lot of comparison, which to me brings out a lot of anxiety and ultimately depression in leaders. Right. And that's the side of the church right now that concerns me. Mm. The fact that our measure for success in the church would be what another church is doing versus what God is asking us to do. We won't stand in eternity with Christ and answer for how we measured up to other churches so or good. how many Instagram followers we had or all of that. Uh, we will stand before God and answer for, did we do everything he asked us to do? Well, we can't wait for next episode. It's going to be so good with Pastor yeah. Brandon Stewart. Uh, thank you again for joining us on GoCast and we'll see you next time. Thank you for joining us for this episode of GoCast. We hope you feel inspired and better equipped to take your community for Christ. Make sure to subscribe to receive each new episode as it's released. Let's go and break the stat together.